Barbara T. So today we're going to be talking about colorism. And um, I know every podcast y'all hear me talk about, and my sister Arkita said, and let me tell you what my sister said. <laughs> well, today my sister is on here. Um, and we're going to talk about a topic that I have been wanting to sit down and talk to her about for the past year. But I also have my sister cousins here, Alpha and Stephanie. So, <laughs> so we all going to sit and... Um, we're going to talk about colorism and the reason why I want to talk about it because I am light-skinned, considered light-skinned, so I didn't really know how disrespectful some of my comments were or the hurt that just a simple comment caused and it wasn't until um, just sitting with my sister and other people and my husband even just telling me that, hey, you know, that's kind of disrespectful, what is that supposed to mean? As if... Um, being a darker complexion had an issue like it was something wrong with it and now just being older and reading different books and seeing different shows just um, seeing how much just our words alone and how they're treated um, how people that have a darker complexion is treated Um, so I thought it would be a great topic and it is still a form of racism however you slice it um, you're still judging a person based on what you see and not the content of that person's heart. So that is our topic today. So get into it and we'll get ready to uh, start off. So um, we're going to start off with my sister because she dealt with a lot of things from her childhood and even um, in her work environment and different things like that where she has to really still battle being gorgeous and melanated. <laughs> So, go ahead, sis. Well, thank you for letting me talk yes. on your podcast. <laughs> um, colorism. So, uh, for me, I, I'm dark-skinned. Um, and up until a few years ago, I was the only dark-skinned sibling. Um, and uh, I remember, I remember so much. And a lot of the and I will call it trauma. A lot of the trauma and um, things that impacted my life stem from the melanin. The melanin. Um, I was told I was ugly. Uh, I was told that um, I wasn't good enough or compared to others. I was. I didn't measure up. Um, not because I wasn't smart enough, not because, not, not because, not because of anything. It had more to do with the color of my skin. Um, and I remember being teased, you know, being called tar baby and, um, other, other things I probably, I won't even bring up, but, uh, I was tortured for being dark. I was eight, and I was living, we were living um, near my grandmother, my paternal grandmother's house. I was living in a little mobile home behind her house, and I remember coming home from school and being like, okay, you know what, this is going to be the day that I'm not going to be dark-skinned anymore. <laughs> like, I had made my mind up, and what's going to take place is, I'm going to go ahead and get this bleach that my mom is using to wash these white clothes with, and I, I, I'm about to be light-skinned. 
and I put that bleach, it was Clorox. And I know it was Clorox because mom didn't get the generic bleach. And I figured that this was really gonna work because it was the name brand bleach. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I poured that bleach in my tub. And I put me a little bit of a uh, little book bath in there. And I got to scrubbing. And I, I remember scrubbing, trying to scrub the black off. Because I just wanted to be light skinned. So, you know, that was as a child. And I remember, you know, in my adolescence, in my teenage years, doing things, accepting things, putting myself in situations that didn't put me in the best light because I just wanted to be received and accepted any way I could. So for me, colorism is a real thing. that 
than I have from racism. Wow. And that's 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 truly like that's truly sad because it's your own yeah people where you're supposed to empower and impact um and embrace and lift each other up because we already fighting battles yeah, that right. come from our ancestors and yeah. things and to have to deal with that. But we we but now that many of us are educating ourselves, right? You know that that was a plan. That was that's exactly what it was. That was. That was what this whole thing, it was, they knew that black people unified was a dangerous force. (laughs) That was a problem, right? And it still is. It still is. But come on. So (laughs) it's like, if if we can separate them, then, then we can overtake them. We can overpower them. And colorism is a, all of this is systemic this is systemic mm-hmm. trauma and you know I heard my, my personal opinion is that when when we I say we we do this to each other it's not because we hate the other one or whatever it's because we were programmed right we were programmed right. to hate we were programmed to you know compare and compete we were programmed to do those things and so, I mean, my hope is that, and I, and I kind of get the feeling that it, that it is happening, especially with everything that's going on in this world, you know, that we see that we are more powerful together. Right. And that we are embracing the beauty that is black, you know, and that's, that can be like light skin, dark skin, whatever you whatever you want to call it, just black. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no matter how much black you have, it's beautiful, right? You know, and I, my hope is that when my daughter has a daughter, preferably like twenty years, <laughs> right, right, okay. um, that she wants this will be something in the history books that she. We'll have to explain to her because she won't know anything, anything about, about it. it. So, you know, what what do you guys take? Because I know, like, you're a lighter, Iva, and um, Stephanie is more brown, but their mom is beautiful and dark. All right. <laughs> so, did y'all have to? Were y'all aware? Because, I, for me, I was. Because you was darker than I was. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm the dark one. Um, and it wasn't anything, you know, my dad, when you my dad, people see it white. They don't just see yeah. They don't see it black. Until, until, until he, you know, until he, <laughs> he but yeah, he's he very knows. vocal about who he is. Yeah, and what it is, he's daddy, black, black. Dad, yeah. you know, dad, my dad is, he's really biracial. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm darker than everybody on that side. 
inside. I'm darker than her. I'm darker than my but that, that see, that's the thing that twists that, that has me totally twisted up because you still like skin. But for for, for them, I guess for them, for them walking on that side, all of them on that side. You notice most people on my side, on my dad's side, all of them look white. So, but Iva was more closer to fitting in, in my opinion. That was just my perception. Right. Now, so when when I would go out on that side with them, I didn't feel like I belonged. Oh, you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. And it wasn't anything that they did, like that. And let me clarify that because I don't want my family to feel like it it wasn't anything that they did. It was just. What I felt society was seeing. Uh-huh. I felt like people around me were seeing who's this little black girl with all these white people. That's that's how I that's how I felt. Um, and I would talk to my dad about it. Question, I would. Question: Is it like is it that did you have a perceived did you have a, a perceived um, light skin is better? Did you have that perception? I did. I felt like she was better because she fit in, and I would fit in with everybody. So I would fit in on my uh, yeah, I would fit in on my dad's side, but she also fit in on mom's side. She yeah, she fits in on both sides. Whereas with me, for me, I felt like I only fit on fit in on my mom's side. Yeah, because I I I look more like. Y'all, yes. okay. like I can relate to that in so many ways. Yeah, Steph, because I felt like I fit in on my mom's side more so than my because dad's Grandma side. Mary was dark. Yeah, Grandma Mary right. was dark. Like true. Okay, so Aunt Beverly. Well, I, my aunt always said, like they like beat that into me, not physically, but you know, it was like they always pushed that you're beautiful. Stand up straight, don't slouch. Like they put that in, and it did not sink in. It truly did not. It wasn't until Grandma, Grandma Mary, she was like, I was complaining about being dark skinned and I'm ugly because I'm like I said, I was like I'm ugly. You know, I got big eyes. <laughs> Nobody likes me because I'm dark skin. But I, you're beautiful. <laughs> and she said, and you are too. And I better not ever hear you call yourself ugly. And, and she was like, look at your skin. And she made me look. After that, that's when it was like my my confidence. Because in my mind, if my grandma and everything she endured, and I didn't even know the things that she had went through and endured when she spoke those words to me. But I knew even then at 10 that if grandma, if grandma say I'm beautiful, it's true. They're gonna be beautiful. Because, right. you know, grandma would tell you you look kind of changed. So, it's just crazy to me the mind game right. that colorism is. Like, the, it's literally a. You know, I'm realizing just how much I cut. I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> take, 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 take,
Tango
the Indian in my family skipped over me. You're right. right. You're right. <laughs> I never took offense to it per se. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not, I mean, but I used to get, you got good hair. You don't know the struggle. You don't have to put, you don't have to go through and the And they probably put the, you uh, with the so um, Hispanic the, too, because you know Hispanics are your complexion. Mm-hmm. Stephanie have that pretty hair like you have. So, so. I, I have gotten, I have gotten those kinds of kinds, you know, comments and, um, you know, I would be like, well, y'all don't know what I go through with my hair just because you consider it good. Mm-hmm. It, it, you don't, you know, you but don't it's know beautiful. That. See, I don't, I don't know. That. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I, y'all, I, 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 I was you right up until it happened. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, I, now that part, I know I did take that more after my dad died. Walking down the street, you know, with with my cousins, like I said, with my cousins on my dad's side, going out and playing with them or doing anything with them, I I, I didn't feel like I should be a part of the person. Because of how I look. Because I was so much darker than my mind. And it was just, it, I think it was more so, like, you know, um, all of them are, they're light. And, and, and with my cousin, like my cousin Ashley, for instance, one of the most beautiful people that I know. She is. She is, I mean, she's she's very light, but she has, um, her eyes are like a hazel green color. Um, she looks similar, like when she was a little girl, how crazy looked, mm-hmm. that's how she looked. She was little girl. And, and then her brother, same same thing. So, but then you had Ivan. Ivan went too far off from that, whereas you throw me in the face, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> but, but I'm looking at you, and I don't, truthfully, I don't see a huge difference in complexion. I did, though. Like, I really don't, I don't see a huge difference. I did, and I just took it to mean that, you know, I took more after my mama. Mm-hmm. Because that's all I heard all my life, too. You just like, you look just like your mama. Yeah, that's true. You, your mama's child, honey. And she was always dad. Right. That's Steve Jr. right here. So, you know, I just, and I guess, I mean, I don't know that that made me feel some type of way towards dad's eyes. Oh, so just like that. that all the time. So she's gonna be more. She's more like them. She's yeah. Then she, when you get in a mix, it's like, well, I see, cause I'm darker. Right. Right. So and, and when you hear that all the time, it, sometimes it can take a toll on you internally, internally. Absolutely. You don't right. realize it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't checking to see if you could. No, but, but <laughs> it, it was. I can I can relate to that because on my dad's side. Like, no one ever said I was ugly. No one ever verbally put right. anything in right. it like that. Never. Right. And in fact, they would say, you, you know, you're pretty. You know, when they see me dress, oh, yeah, you got some beautiful children. That's what they would say. Right. Um, but I do think that color, you know, or complexion, I think that that complexion. So you have we have to keep it. Be, I have to be honest. When you're dealing with generations who had to go through the paper bag test, right, and who endured um, racism on a whole nother level, and then I mean, similar to 
what some of us have gone through, you know, in recent recent times. Right. Um, you know, lighter skin was better. You had a, a better chance, right. you know, for having some type of quality of life, right? right? And I think that, you know, indirectly, that the same way I verbalize, thank God she's light-skinned, I think that many of people, people in my family and probably other families have felt the same way because maybe this child won't have to go through what I went through or right. what this one did. And I don't right. think it had anything to do with them loving us less, um, disliking us, or wanting more for the other. I don't think that's what it was. I think it that goes back to the quote that my sister-in-love always says, Katie, she says that we do the best we can by the light we have to see by and some people are living in the dark. And so they make decisions, you know, that are really jacked up in the dark. And then when it comes to the light, it doesn't look right. But that's because they did this in the dark. Now that we have an opportunity to turn the light on, all we got to do is flip the switch. And we can see, okay this is what's going on. I got to change this. I have to change this narrative. This is not the type of life I want for my daughter, for my son, or myself. This is not what I want. I want better for us. So you start adjusting and, and trying to do things just a little bit better than the generations before. So I don't find the same way, um, the, sen- the same sentiments that you used, Steph. You basically, you don't think it was personal. They, like no one's ever said that you were ugly, nothing like that. But they were doing the best they could by the light they had to see by. And I think that it's just time that we, excuse my language, just turn on the damn light, right? You know, and and stop sitting in the dark. The fact is, or making excuses in the dark because you don't want to see in the light. Sean has a message. Oh, come on. <laughs> It's because at the end of the day, I, you know, people who have darker skin, you know, experience things, you know, colorism, racism, trauma, you know, discrimination, all of those things. But then we have, it's white skin people that experience the same thing because they're not, they're not so, they're not dark. So they're not too, they're not black enough, right. mm-hmm. and they're not white, right. so they're right. not white enough either, and then there are assumptions that are made that you are not better, that you think that you're better than me. Right. And, See, that's and, what I experienced, sorry not to cut you off, but it was the assumption that I thought I was better than everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm walking in the room, and I'm just like, I don't want any attention from me, mm-hmm. I just want like, to sneak in and just be in the back. Right. And as soon as I walk in the room, it's like, she thinks she's better than everybody. Because of what, and it starts in in a lot of times where hurt people hurt people. So a lot of stuff is in the family. You already, they went through it, so they don't know any other way. So you keep passing on these curses and this pain and this hurt and these scars and stripes. You're you're going through all these different things. And you're passing it over. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's funny to me because I wanted 
our daughter to be dark skinned like her dad. What? I did because wow. I had always had that um, that hope that light skin. Oh, you you're this and that, and so. It wasn't until my husband brought it to my attention that I always made a point to say, she is gorgeous to be dark-skinned. So, and I didn't realize the disrespect. Yeah. And so, I knew that that, what I was going through, that wasn't, that wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. And so, I didn't want her to have that, she thinks she better. I was like, you know what, my husband has darker skin than me. I, I want our daughter to have darker skin. And now she, she's a combination of both. Yeah. But I was so glad she didn't get this half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but I didn't realize until I got older that I was like I was very disrespectful. And I probably walked around like I was hot stuff. So you did. Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. You did. Yeah. I, I, I felt like. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever seen Adam mm-hmm. C.J. Walker. I did. Yes. Okay. So that went great in great detail for me as far as colorism. Mm-hmm. Right. First thing had is her arch nemesis. What a light skin woman with that pretty, you know, hair, and she was supposed to be the idea of what every black woman should be. And I mean, that, right. that's what she said, though. Yeah. Mean, she and she her, said, "You'll never like, be you'll on never the show. You know, they, they want, you're supposed to look like me. Right. You know, you'll never be accepted because right. they say you're supposed to look like yeah. me. And, and you know, and I, I, I should be as white as possible. Right. With straight hair, because I, I went I, through that at work. Even even though I'm you know brown skin lighter skin, yeah. um, my natural hair, uh-huh. it bothered my white counterparts when I wore my fro. Oh, wow. Because I look better. What they said was it looks better when my hair is straight. So they always had a problem with my curly hair or my fro. So when I get a blowout, I was pretty. So even though I was light skinned uh-huh. And, and I, don't, I don't think we realize with this colorism thing that you're still black. Right. And racist people still but, don't look, like this. This is what right. I was <laughs> When the Klan show up, they don't care what shade of black you are. Right. They're not bringing yeah. out no bag. Yeah. We're going to leave you alone. Uh, yeah, you're oh, safe. yeah. You're, you're safe because you pass this bag. <laughs> they don't care about none of that. No. Uh, if you got any black, you're in trouble. Right. I mean, and that's, I mean, so I, that's why I, I wish people would get past the different shades of black. Right. You're black at the end of the day. So if we could all just come together and be unified, you know, and get past all of that, we, we make, we're our own worst enemies when we do that. It you know? stems from, it's, it's, it's how we've been taught. Yes. Like, right. and, and I hate to use the word bread, mm-hmm. but it, it, we, we, they, they bred us literally to be like that. They never wanted us. How did you? They took us from, and I don't mean to say, I'm saying us as in black people. I wasn't a slave, so, but I'm just saying, they took us from our country, stripped us of our native language and identity, mm-hmm. placed us on plantations, and told us to work. And anybody that remotely came close to challenging, these right, people, challenging authority and asserting who they really are and who we we, we genuinely are at our core. Right, they beat it out of us. They hung us up in trees like strange fruit. That's what they did. So then you have 
generations, centuries of this type of abuse and trauma and that and, and when it's not taken care of that is passed to the next generation and the next generation there's no healing gen- taking place none and god forbid you say something about therapy oh my god well see i do believe that I, my hope is that we're getting better with that i think mm-hmm. that there's the, the the narrative has changed just a bit that getting therapy doesn't mean that you don't believe right. in your in your your higher power right, that you don't right. believe in God, right, especially right. with Christian people. I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm saying, yeah. you know, we. we <laughs> well, why would God put them here if you weren't supposed to be? Right, but they, but they. That's like there are people. Doctor. There are people who you sick, but you can't go to a doctor. No. Right. I understand that Jesus, you know, Jesus is out here. You know that. Right, 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 right. I'm sick somewhere, bleeding out. I mean, he gonna stop the blood. Like, if he don't stop the blood, <laughs> then I'm out there. I'm sorry. I I went therapy, and I'm glad. But I I go every Wednesday too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm trying to change. You know, I mean, uh, I went through some stuff, and I know if I didn't get that help that I got, I would be much worse off than I am now. And then you're gonna pass that on to your daughter. Yeah, exactly. Like we are we are breeding toxic environments, yeah. and then we expect them to grow fruit from it. Yeah, okay. That's how <laughs> you come to a I think at the end of the day, 
are flaws and all mm-hmm. and um and stop trying to com- compare what we think think beauty is like like stop you everybody's idea of beauty is different or at right. least it should be right and for a long time beauty it was if you were a size two flat butt, straight hair, and big boobs. And big boobs. You were you was you was a stuff. You know yeah, that, that, I would never pretty then. And I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> it, it was if you basically the wider that you looked, mm-hmm. the more beautiful you were. Right. 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 Now, respectfully, I say <laughs> is many trying to be us. Rules that apply to the light skin. 
give us but it, you, you you guys you you you, you yeah. all said so much that is so spot on and it's what I take from it is that all of us have experienced some some it's really the same thing and it's right it's, and that to me is sad. That that to me is so sad that, and it makes me realize we are so much more alike than we're different. Right. We're it's so just happy. taking that time to actually see it, right. embrace it, and recognize it. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, racism is racism. There is still racist people against us in yeah, any right. hue, any yeah. shade. Yeah. But I guess, I guess the thing is, if I can you know, take this pain that I'm feeling and put it on somebody else, yeah. I'm going to say that I'm better than you because you're dark skin. Yeah. So now, all the hate that I'm getting, I'm going to redirect it instead yeah. of saying, Dad, this is how I feel. So, you know yeah. what? Let me treat somebody better. Like, yeah. we're not even doing, let me treat people better than mm-hmm. they're, than I'm getting treated. Mm-hmm. Disregard the dirt, the chaos, and confusion. <laughs> it is what it is. It's a podcast. <laughs> in podcasts, you have to tell the truth. And, and at the end of the day, no family is perfect. Right. Um, we all have, um, especially in black families, um, I, don't, I don't know of a family where there wasn't someone that was better than or labeled as better than because mm-hmm. they were like had a, uh, they were light skinned or mm-hmm. you know looked better or skinnier or whatever right right you know and the thing is or the takeaway is that if we continue to sweep those things under the rug they're gonna still happen it's gonna it's gonna continue in families and so what I have you know promised myself and and to my family is that I'm not going to be the one to sweep anything else under the rug. And if that means that I'm ostracized or um, depicted as the bad guy, so be it. I'm cool with that because truth, you don't, you, it, it's hard to hunt a lie down. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that. But the truth will stand on its own. Right. And the truth is that we do so much better together and if and if we don't and if we don't honor who we are in our totality mm-hmm. in our totality then we're doing a disservice to us and we're doing a disservice to the generation after us right. and every generation is supposed to be weaker and wiser wiser because we actually take the time to look things up. We 
search for ourselves. Right. Yeah. But then weaker in the sense that we follow. Uh-huh. And how can we expect that those who hate us or God oppress us or condemn us are racist? How can we expect that they're going to ever truly accept us if we ain't accepting ourselves? That's true too. If, if we're not coming together and unified, you know, if right. we are the ones that are tearing each other down and hating on each other, are you gonna get mad at them for doing it? Because well, you get mad. You get mad. You get you're not mad, but I'm saying, no, they're not supposed to do it. And let me clarify that. They're not supposed to do oh. it. I'm just saying, it's a lot easier for them to point fingers at us. Or, or push that or button. Or push that button and mm-hmm. then just come in. You know, that's just like they always try to say, um, y'all killing each y'all other. Killing each, yeah. That, that whole thing. You know, they real quick to throw that yeah, out. Yeah, well, yeah, y'all the ones shooting each other anyway, so why do y'all care what we do? Um, we killing y'all. And it's so much, like, I didn't, you know, it's colorism based on the job you get like if you're too dark you might not even get this job so it might not even be that your resume ain't the bomb but as soon as they see your name oh that was just about to say that see you You get in the door because your name is Stephanie yes Angela Yeah, I just, I, I 
I, I'm hopeful, especially now, as far as colorism is concerned. I think that the exposing racism, on this, with this level of exposure, I will say, right. has awakened some folks, like woke mm-hmm. some folks up, and they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe I do need to love my sister a little bit more, right. my brother a little bit more, right. and, and 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 just say if 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 the woman is pretty or the guy is handsome, just say it. You're pretty. You're pretty. That's it. You're handsome. Because I, I think that my husband um, said that his dad went through it in his because his dad is two girls and a boy mm-hmm. and everybody was um, everybody is light skinned like really light skinned mm-hmm. um, probably like lighter than Iva light skinned and his dad is darker than Slim oh. and they told him you sure that you are not the you know the milkman's baby you know like and then and then they're dark you know they're dark skinned Slim and his dad, um, brother so I mean it. So it's not just women. No, no. I mean, cause my husband is like, I mean, well, he's biracial. His mom was white and his dad is black. And so I, I've seen it. I've seen him have to. He's had to endure some things. And 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 that's more, truthfully, if I be honest, that woke me up to a whole nother level of colorism that I didn't even think that would exist yeah, cause because he's like, light skin. You you got it made. You got it made. <laughs> what you what problem you got? I mean you light skin. What problem you got? Look, you got a hangnail? I'm just so proud of you. 
Yeah, but I tell you this all the time, but you are really a force to be regular. Yeah, really and I'm just so glad that you see yourself and see yourself for truly who you are. And that's cool just an amazing, black, beautiful one. Yes, that's right. Well, again, thank you guys for um, tuning in as we talk about colorism and make sure that you are aware of what you're doing. Um, how are you treating your sister? How are you treating your b- brother that may just be a little bit darker um, or have a little bit more melanin than you do? Um, be very cautious because you don't really understand um, the damage you do to someone. And if you correct it now, you won't have to do damage control later. So um, tune in after this break and I will give you your Black Excellence 365. Hey guys, and welcome back to Thursday Thoughts of Tea. I am Angie, and this is your Black Essence 365 moment. So in keeping in the topic of colorism, um, throughout the episode, you may have um, heard us discuss or say something about the brown paper bag test. I just wanted to just kind of give us an idea. For those of you, you may already know, some of us don't know. So just making sure that you know exactly what that test was that we were referring to. Um, so basically, the brown paper bag test in African American history was a form of racial discrimination practiced within the African American community in the 20th century. Um, so what it was is it was the comparing of an individual skin um, as it relates to a brown paper bag. The test um, allegedly used this as a way to determine whether or not an individual could have certain privileges. Um, only those with a skin color that matched or was lighter to the brown paper bag were allowed admissions or different memberships um, and privileges to certain things within that community. Um, so the test was believed that as it was used to many African Americans in um, the 20th century was kind of related to um, social institutions as well so that was things like sororities fraternities and even churches um, the term was used in reference to larger issues of class and social um, stratifications within the American African American population um, so what kind of some of the things that it was related to was like the privilege the privilege that had um, long been associated with skin tone in the African-American history. It dated back to slavery. So mixed race children of the white fathers were sometimes given privilege ranging from desirable work, um, apprenticeship, even education, um, certain property, and even freedom from enslavement. So what happened was African-Americans contributed to the colorism. Um, because they benefited from having this skin tone. They benefited from those um, privileges, from having that skin closer to the white, um, to the whites in that time. Um, and so lighter skinned people uh, were afforded such social, certain social and economic advantages over darker skinned people. Um, even while suffering dis- discrimination for being black, period so these are some of the things that happened they were um, admitted to certain clubs but they had 
because of slavery, because they were had the, you know, the mixed race or the white blood, and then they see that, hey, I'm a lighter skin, so these things are afforded to me. This is when the brown paper bag came into play um, in Af- African American culture. So I um, just wanted to shed light on that um, because we did mention it with in the podcast this week, and I just wanted just to bring attention to that it started back in slavery because they were given certain jobs and had a chance to be able to read and write and things like that because of their skin tone that was just kind of adopted and and it kind of leaked over and spilled over into the african-american community to the point that they started using this bag to determine social status and everything else within our own community um so that's just something to think about as we dig deeper and discuss the effects of colorism um, in African-American community as it relates to today's time. Um, also, in the um, within the podcast, you heard my sister, Arkita, reference a book about mental health. Um, and the book that she was referencing was The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Rita Walker. Um, and Rita is spelled R-H-E-E-D-A. So Rita Walker. Um, and just a, just a little brief summary of what this book is, which is a book that I will be purchasing. Um, and it is an exploration of black mental health crisis and a comprehensive roadmap to getting the care you deserve on an unequal system. So basically, we are not even getting um, what we need as African-Americans when it comes to us being mentally healthy. Um, there's a blip... Uh, black mental health crisis in the world. Black people die um, at high rates due to chronic illness, suffer from poverty, undereducation, um, and the effects of racism. This book is the exploration of um, black mental health in today's world. The forces that have undetermined mental health progress for African Americans and what needs to happen for African Americans to heal from psychological distress, find community, undo years of stigma uh, and marginalization in order to access effective mental health. So um, that's the book that she was talking about. So check that out again. That's the Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Rita Walker. So check that out. And um, I believe you can purchase it on Amazon. Um, some targets may have it. So check your local target and see. Um, what where you can find it but it's a self-improvement book and it's uh, about personal health um personal growth mental health so um check that book out as well so as always thank you for joining me on thursday thoughts i've seeing you guys have an awesome work work week and week as a whole and i will see you back here next week Hey, so did you enjoy this week's episode? Well, I hope you did. But you know what you can do if you never want to miss another episode? Just simply subscribe to Thursday Thoughts of a Tea on all podcast platforms. Or follow me on IG at Thursday Thoughts of a Tea. Be sure that if you have any thoughts or concerns or any topics that you want to discuss, simply send me an email at definingourpurpose at gmail.com. Always remember, your thoughts are amazing. But sometimes they're even better when you're sipping on a hot cup of tea. See you next week here on Thursday Thoughts of a Tea. 
with Angie H.